Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Gordon Smart and Matt Morgan here. We're here for two weeks. If you are new to our show, welcome aboard. If you've been a regular, I've done it about six weeks now, Matt, haven't we? We've been yeah, together for this. Yeah. All added up. Enjoy your company, Matt Morgan. You make me giggle. Thank you, mate. It's nice to be here. My favourite thing's when you do impressions and little accents. Yeah, I can't do them on demand. That's a shame. Do you want? <laughs> I like the posh gentleman. Do you remember I got that legal letter years ago and I showed it to you? Uh, and you, yeah. for a whole night a you pretended to be a lord from somewhere. A, a letter from a lord. And yeah. I'm sure he used the phrase... Uh, what did he say? Um, know this of me. Yes, he said, <laughs> know this of me, smart. Know this of me, smart. So for about six months, it's he, the voice of the emperor in Star Wars. It was, wasn't it? Be your doom. That's destiny. Oh, yes. And why, when I had um, maggots in my wheelie bin, <laughs> which isn't a euphemism, <laughs> uh, I put a, like, they were just, there's nothing I could do about them. So I put this, like, tub on top, filled it with water. Yeah. And in my head, I was going, now this will be your tomb. <laughs> I sort of sealed them in. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. I was speaking recently to Catfish in the Bottom and Matt Morgan, another band we like to talk about in front of you yeah. and introduce you to. And um, they're an interesting bunch. We first met them when Van McCann was called Ryan McCann and he was about, I don't know, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were playing gigs in car parks outside Kasabian gigs, that kind of thing. And they now, in the last year, have been on tour with Green Day to all those amazing stadiums in North America. You know, huge, historic venues. Um, And I think the mood was a little bit tense when they were supporting Green Day, right? So I think it was quite a tough thing to do. Don't Green Day drink anymore? So there was was quite a few strict rules about behaviour. Anyway, they get to the end of the tour. And at the stadium gigs, they have a thing called the Eagle Finger. Have you heard of that? The Ego Finger. The Eagle Finger, which is the, the, the walkway out the middle of the stage that runs into the crowd. I thought it was called an Ego Ramp. An Ego Ramp, right. Finger is like the Bono one that goes right out. Yeah, yeah, the right. Eagle Finger. The support band are always banned from using the Eagle Finger. That is only for the main act. Got it. And what happened, the tradition is that the main act will play a prank on the support band just before they go on stage on the last night. So Trey Cool from the band had got himself a leaf blower and like bags and bags and bin liners full of glitter. And as they walked on, he just switched on the leaf blower, wallop, there you go, covered in glitter, hosed them down. So Van McCann decided that he would have a little act of rebellion. So he kicked off the chain that was covering the eagle finger and marched out and played the gig on his own, on his guitar. And stole the thunder. Gig. I think he played. Yeah, I think they said they played a few songs there. Anyway, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. But kind of stealing the thun- thunder and maybe crossing the line a little bit. Did they get in trouble for that? I believe they did. <laughs> they didn't say this, but I believe there was a little bit of Rained a out the, the real punks a telling <laughs> off. How dare you steal our eagle finger? But I like that notion of the act of rebellion. You know, doing something that was just a little bit. Yeah. A two finger salute back to somebody who's telling you what to do. I had a really really petty version of it this week. I travel a lot down to London from Edinburgh on the plane, right? What annoys me more than anything are people who don't put their trays back, Matt. I mean, already this is in a different sort of yes. ballpark to Green Day well, and the catfish in the bottom and a massive gig in America. Correct. It's a very petty act of rebellion, but it was one nonetheless. So it bothers me when people just leave it for somebody else to pick up. You know, who do, who do you think you are, right? Just put your own stuff back, right? So partridge. I know, so partridge. <laughs> and it's just really winding me up. And a, a character did it the other day, and I, I nearly said, can you put them away? And I thought, no. They'd left a little bit of money in the tray. So I just put my, put the trays away and left the money. You know, a little act of rebellion. That is one of the most rock and roll things I think <laughs> I've ever heard. This is Radio X. Good and smart. 
Matt Morgan. Time for a returning feature we like to call... Hey, Matthew, what do you see? Hey, hey, Matthew, what do you see? Carl Fialka. What a talent he was. Brilliant. <laughs> I see the A-team. Right, uh, Matt Morgan, what have you seen that you'd like to share with us? Or me? I've seen a cynical PR stunt. Oh, no. By a restaurant. Oh. Do you want to hear about it? Well, yes. <laughs> well, we're here. You've probably heard of Bring Your Own Bottle. B-O-B. B-Y-O-B. Sorry, yes. Bring your own bottle. Bring own bottles. What do you call it? <laughs> um, you can choose, yeah, yeah, but this, right? Bring your own table. Right. I know. Yes. Go with me on this. Uh, pop-up restaurant, Trattoria Birra Moretti, with acclaimed Italian chef, I mean, I'm just promoting them here, Gennaro <laughs> Contaldo, will run from June the 12th to the 15th at Covent Garden London. Bring any sort of table you want, right? So they'll pr- supply chairs, food, drink... Right. You just have to bring a table. Square tables, round tables, coffee tables, pool tables, even massage tables are all welcome. As long as you can sit comfortably around it, the restaurant, which I won't name again, <laughs> will provide chairs, food and drinks. Right? If you And then they've tacked on something about the campaign to end loneliness. Oh, I'm not buying it. Not having it? Well, not if you turn up on a massage table, <laughs> like lying on your own massage table. No, exactly. Yeah. I know. I just think it's one of those PR stunts, isn't it? Where you can imagine a group of highly paid PR executives sitting around the table, going, "Right, we've around got a restaurant." Table, but well, they brought themselves. They brought themselves. Yeah, I'm not having it, Matt. No, I'm not. Not entirely impressed by that at all. I mean, for a free dinner. I mean, also, surely there's like camping tables. There's like easy yeah. to carry tables. Of course, it's not yeah. like a pool table. No one's going to be wheeling a pool table across London yeah, for a free dinner. Don't really understand the, the meaning of it, the point of it. So, you, well, what do you get? Do you get some kind of you're guaranteed a table if you bring your own one, is that it? Basically, I suppose. I mean, unless this is to cover up some sort of misfire in their ordering of tables. <laughs> yes. Maybe. But. What you'll find, that might be the actual filming of the next series of The Apprentice. <laughs> a restaurant without tables. But, How do we um, fix this? I've been to that restaurant without lights. Have you ever been to the um, dinner in the dark thing? No, I've not, no. Oh, that's good. I wouldn't trust myself at dinner in the dark, were you? No, I mean, I didn't trust myself. I mean, it was... So it's as obvious as it it's sounds. Weird. I don't know about it at all. All right, no, it's completely in the dark. The waiters are all blind people, so like for right. them, it's not you know they're not bumping into stuff like okay. you or I would be. Yeah. Um, you sort of you you put your hand on their shoulder. This has been going for quite a few years. Yeah. And then they lead you to your table, and then um, you sit down, and then they bring you know you order just sort of verbally. There's no menu to like it. It's completely dark. It's not just like a bit dark. Yeah. It's like your eyes are no different, closed or open. You know, like right, you can't you. see your hand in front of yeah, your face. Yeah, yeah. But um, when I went there, I because it's weird. Like once you can't see your food, it tastes differently, and yeah. I it tastes different. And I was um, eating <clears throat> what was meant to be it was chicken, but I was convinced it was pork. And I was like, "This is pork. This is pork." And the girl yeah. next to me was a Muslim, and I'd, I then convinced her. I was like, "No, this is." Dead. She was like, "Seriously, do you think this is pork?" Right. So yeah. then I caused this scene in the dark. <laughs> of course she did. Where they had to come and say, "No, it's not," because you can't see it. Right. Yeah. And I'd, I'd sort of made ruined it. So the point is, yeah, you, so you ruined the experience. But the point is, you need it changes your perception of food if you can actually see it when you eat yeah. it. It's yeah. funny that I was in the uh, I was over at North Greenwich the other day. I had a meeting over there, and they do that dining in the sky thing. Have you seen it? Where they pick up a table of about fourteen with a crane, and they have chefs in the middle of the table who are doing sort of teppanyaki stuff, you know. And there's people just sort of floating air. around in the air on this table with How supported high? chairs, about I don't know, eighty feet maybe. About a 10-metre diving board. Attached to the table? Yeah, so you, you, oh, right. you're just kind of strapped in with a seatbelt. 
But I was just thinking that's just, I think, quite a rubbish principle, isn't it? I don't see what you, you stand to gain from it. Like, well, that's good for Instagram, but the, the dinner in the dark is useless. Because they're, <laughs> they're sort of social media. <laughs> They're in is the problem. It's good for Instagram. It doesn't matter. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Some classic oasis on Radio X. That's slide away. Something that I've done in the last year. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh dear. Matt Morgan and Gordon Smart, we are standing in for Johnny Vaughan for the next couple of weeks. Matt, we found out last time you were in that you were pretty good at offering wisdom and you seem to be sort of a, a wise soul when it comes to tackling difficult situations. Very good at other people's problems. Yeah, just your own that are an issue. <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you've been quite helpful recently as well because I've been getting myself into a right old fankle, really tied myself up in knots over a, a silly misunderstanding. Right, so uh, let's just start. For, right, so you, right. And, uh, you knew Noel before I knew him. Like, yeah, but... You, 2004, I think I first met him. Right, okay. And then you'd be, like, good friends. Yeah, well, we went to the 40th birthday. Stayed at his house. Yeah, stayed at house. Like all that, the kids all know each other. We've yeah. been all over the world, done some mad stuff together. I had a, a brilliant laugh. Like, he's been so good to me over the years. It's unbelievable. In fact, without him in my old job saying to people, actually, he's all right, he can trust them, I think I'd have been in a bit of a pickle. But getting his blessing has been such a huge help to me in my life. Right. And it's something I'm very grateful for. And that's why this last year has been quite difficult. So, so like, okay, so I knew that you'd had, not falling out, I only heard it from you, that you were like, yeah. oh, yeah, me and no, I'm not really talking to no at the moment, right? I annoyed him, yeah. You annoyed Spectacularly. Him. But then your side of the story, to me, painted you as this sort of heroic figure who accidentally brought some people to a, can I say this? Yeah, yeah, yeah To yeah, a like, backstage area thing. Yeah. And then on the tour bus... And they behaved badly and you got the blame for it, right? That's not a bad little summary, yeah. Okay. So when I asked Noel about it, he said, that's not, that's not what happened at all. I'm not <laughs> going to do the voice. Oh, no. He said, I mean, this makes you sound very cool, I oh, think. Oh, no. You got on his tour bus and then demanded that the tour bus gave you a lift home. <laughs> and you were driving down, like, country lanes. In, yeah. Like, darkest, deepest, darkest Scotland. Yeah. Saying... No, it's just around this bend. No, it's just over this hill, just through this villages, across yeah. the Swee Bridge, and all this <laughs> stuff. And then, and Noel said, like, he was he was ha- meant to be sleeping overnight on the yeah, tour bus yeah, yeah, yeah. a gig the next day. Oh. And basically, you commandeered a tour bus, <laughs> like some arrogant <laughs> madman, right? Up the front, probably topless, oh, dear. bellowing at the driver to take you home in the oh, tour bus. Man. And so he said, like, well, that's all that happened. Like, you know, and after that, we, we were a bit annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah, it's... I can see how he sort of saw that happening like that. But <laughs> it, oh, dear me. Hang on, those two stories don't add up at all. He's actually conflated the two stories as well because it's, the worst thing is it's happened twice now. It's happened twice. God. I know. The first time was at Tea in the Park, right? And he'd headlined and it was an amazing day. It was brilliant. But getting out of the old Tea in the Park site was a nightmare and everyone was coming back to mind to have a party afterwards, right? Which would have been great. Had it just including been, Noel, including Noel right, and Sarah okay. and all the rest of the gang, everybody was coming back to mine. Right. And for some reason, there was a real. I said to the tour manager before we left, I was like, "This is going to be a nightmare. Do you realise how difficult it is to get out of this? This the site isn't coping well with traffic, what, just because of the cars yeah. trying to leave. Because right, we'd okay. been there the night before, and the Sabian mob were there, and we did the backdoor shuffle so quickly and got out there on these secret back roads and all the rest of it. But no, we got stuck in the main traffic getting out of it. So we we're going through a journey that takes me twenty minutes now to my house from right. where we had the gig took an hour and 15 minutes so by the time we got to the house he got out and he went thought he said it was around the corner I'm like oh, it is it's, it's only it's only 8 miles and he was like 
been in the car for, and so I knew that wasn't good. So that was about. So three that years wasn't ago. on a tour bus. That so was in cars. This had happened before. That no, that was in tour buses as well. Okay, so he right. had the missus and all this. This time round, we were all steaming at this gig in Perth, and um, I he invited me onto the tour bus to have a look around because he got this new tour, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing, and uh, we had taxis picking us up in town, but it was quite hard to get into town. So I had said to the driver, "We just nip us back into town." Because otherwise it's going to take us forever to get out at this time of night. And he went, yeah, no problem at all. Okay. What happened, he was Noel's normal driver. And this is where it went horribly wrong. So Noel showed me around the bus. In the meantime, my wife's got on with a gang of folk that knew Sarah, who I kind of know as well. Right. And they were all absolutely steaming. And Noel's a creature of habit. The next thing, somebody asked them for a picture on the bus and I'm tearing my hair out, panicking, thinking this is a disaster. And the bus has left. And I'm thinking we need to get off as soon as we can, but we couldn't because we were in a contraflow with all the other traffic coming out of the festival. And they sent us on a one way all around the houses, which was nowhere near where we needed to go. I lived 10 minutes from that site. Right. And it ended up one second time taking that. And he came, <laughs> and I, at one point I went downstairs and said to the driver, look, this is not going to be good for you or me. You need to get, just drop us off here. Get, I can tell the mood's not good. And I could see you sending messages to Sarah, battering me for it. I was like, oh no, get off, get off, get off. And by the time I went back upstairs, I heard a glass being smashed and it wasn't good, Matt. It wasn't good. How did that resolve itself? And, well, you just sent me a pretty bad message and then Sarah sent me even more bad messages. And then I've spent a year beating myself up about it. And then the next day I got on the plane back to London and Sarah and the kids were on it. And we had a bit of a debrief. I see, like a, a kind of, um, yeah, I got a pasting offer for it. And really? do you know what? I hold my hands up. It didn't go well. It was a disaster. And I feel so bad about it because I never want them to think I'm taking taking the. Why rip. didn't you just sort of like send the messages and deal with it then and go look? look this is what happened. I did just stone cold silence. Just disastrous. But we're going to fix this. I'm going to bit rebuild right. that bridge. We will, we will fix it at some point. Radio X, Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Noel Gallagher and I have known each other for a long time. Managed to mess it up spectacularly last year with a series of bumbling stupidity and embarrassing moments, which normally they used to get laughed off. But I think now that I'm a 39-year-old ageing, bespectacled waste of skin, that uh, <laughs> just bin me. So help me out of it, Matt. How do I fix it? Well, look, this is, how, this is what I think at the core of this problem is. There is two things going on there's a personal relationship and there's a professional relationship because yes. like when you were press you know a journalist there was a sort of two-way street of like professional stuff going on right yeah, yeah. and so like you coming to gigs was like um you know you're meant to cover the gig come come with positive stories whatever yeah. okay so i think your relationship has been formed at a point where there's it's tinged with professionalism <laughs> right so what happens when you get on the bus? Let's say I did that, I'd still probably get blanked for it or get told off or whatever. Yeah. But like, because there's never been anything professional going on, it is easier to sort out. See, you have crossed that. You have crossed that Rubicon now, though, haven't you? Because you do work with I him. I have interviewed him. Yeah. yeah, I've done. Yeah, I suppose we have done some work stuff. So go on. What do I do? I think what you do is you um, you need to go on the personal side of things because it's like it's, it's a bit clouded isn't it right yeah yeah i think what you need to do is what i would say to my own children <laughs> which is you have to apologize yes you have to like f- contact him and say i'm sorry for that don't even get into the sort of yeah but i told yeah, the yeah, driver and all this yeah, yeah. you know just yeah. don't get into me a culpa am i fault sorry won't yeah. happen again and just and then but like say so, uh, you know i miss you buddy 
I miss you, buddy. It's been such a You're tough year. I haven't been that good gig for over a year now. Um, oh man. Oh yeah, but you don't say that. Okay. I miss. I miss the backstage passes. <laughs> this is Radio X. Good and smart, Matt Morgan. Um, you got one for me. A minor I, act of rebellion. I Matt. really had to think about this because I thought I was quite rebellious, but it turns out I'm a real square. But <laughs> one thing I do do is. You know, um, if you go into certain food places in London, can I list them? Pret-a-Manger. Yes. Itsu. Places like that, right? Mm. At the till, they say, are you eating in or taking away? Because to eat in... (laughs) You pay VAT. VAT, right? So it becomes like 20% more expensive. Yeah. So I always say, I'm taking away, and then I eat in. Ah. So who who are you really rebelling against there? It's the government more than government, pre- really. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never they've never like thrown me out. But every <laughs> everyone who's eating in has a tray. Yeah, so you're the dirty little man with the bag. <laughs> but what I do is, and this is the truly pathetic part. Yeah, I mime the fact that I've sort of forgotten. Oh, I, oh, hang on. I'll, oh, oh, whatever. I'll just eat it here. <laughs> like, so I don't just do it boldly. And you laughed at my version of rebellion. <laughs> In an airport. But at least that's, I'm kicking against the government. You are, are you are. kicking against? Just uh, common courtesy, Matt. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Talking about pathetic. Oh, I've got a good one. Pathetic acts of rebellion. Really pathetic. Come on then. But I was victorious. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Right, I went to the post office this is a while ago. <laughs> now, I've had things go through the post and get opened by accident. Yeah. Right? So I stapled along the top of the envelope, right? I was sending stuff to my accountant, yeah. like receipts and stuff. The man behind the counter in the post office said, uh, don't staple these. It can." I said, why not? He goes, it's, it's unfair. I said, well, why can't you staple it? He goes, because it can hurt the postman's hands, right? <laughs> right. And I was like, really? Oh, no, what have you like, done? No, and I... I <laughs> yeah, so I nail-gunned a postman <laughs> to a tree. I said, um, well, hang on, like sometimes the thing's open I want to make it safe like it's your fault anyway yeah. we had this argument it goes it's it, um, you know postmen prick their fingers on the staples they hate it it's really selfish of you blah 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 we had right. this sort of argument and then at the end and I was like fuming at the end he stapled my receipt and handed it to me and I went oh <laughs> and I had oh it's the best feeling in the world he was gutted I walked yeah. out of there so happy and then you think that's brilliant. Have a look at yourself, mate. <laughs> that was, like that was one a victory, wasn't it? FA Cup. <laughs> 8396 at Radio X. What was your pathetic act of rebellion? Some great stuff coming in here uh, from the mobile number ending 600. My boss told me my stubble was unprofessional. I need to shave it, he said. Of course, that motivated me, <laughs> motivated me to grow a full on beard in protest. I like that. And that's from Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Afternoon, guys. My axe rebellion of when I stand out of the way for someone or hold a door open, they don't say thank you. I then very loudly shout, you're welcome. Thanks, Lisa from Manchester. Yeah. I mean, that's, is that an act of rebellion or is that just sort of petty sarcasm? Sarcasm. I quite like the rebellion in it. What, what a real rebellion would be just to grab the person and close the door on them. You know, just yes. actually. Well, like Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Slam it repeatedly. That's the way to deal with it. This is brilliant. Hello, Gordon. Hello, Matt. My petty act of rebellion is to walk the wrong way around IKEA. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yes. I do this every time. It yeah. winds my partner up. I'm not having arrows telling me where to go. I'm not having arrows telling me where to go. Says Alan and Warrington. That's class, isn't it? That's good. Radio X. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. I read this quote about children, right? And it said, um, the world that you're that you put your children in, or whatever the world that your children your child is in, right? 
as a kid will define the parameters of their world forever. Sort right. Of thing. So if your kid's into football and plays in a football team and stuff like that, they'll sort of relate to the world as if, you know, like, oh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. They'll use yeah. football as the model for the world, right? So it's obviously good to introduce them to something wholesome at a point where they're going to use that as the rules for life. Understood. Right? right, I'm with you, I'm with you. My son is not in a, like crazy way where we just leave him with the PlayStation for four days and go away but like he's into games like Minecraft and he uses like even when he plays he's like oh this is level one and then you can unlock these you know and I start to think hang on a minute that's a bit weird like everything is about video games and the sort of nomenclature to use a big word of video games what does that word mean? It means to use the words that are, you know, like yes. the, uh, I don't know. I've got no other synonyms, <laughs> synonyms another word. Yeah. Um, but like, and honestly, I was in the car with him the other day. We were parked up and I let him sit in the front mm-hmm. and it was, and it was really sunny. And he honestly said to me, dad, can you turn the brightness down? Wow. In a car about the sun, right? Another example of it, we're at my sister's house and she's got a seesaw, two seat seesaw yeah and he said to his cousin oh come, and his cousin got on and he said um oh wow this is really good i've only ever played this in one player mode about a seesaw oh, man. right that's oh, getting cyborgy you get it? a one do you get a one-seated uh seesaw do you mean on either end no he was on the seesaw. you know like on a on a swing set he was sitting on one end right? yeah so he'd never i mean basically it's a chair okay. without <laughs> someone else <laughs> Um, yeah. So his bigger cousin got on, right? It was, yeah, and yeah. He was like, "Well, this is amazing. I've only ever played it on in one player, player mode, mode, which is deeply disturbing." What was like the last time you were in? We had that conversation about somebody who came up to me and said, "It's nice to meet you." I R I R L in real life. In real yeah. life. Like, well, what other life would you have met me in? What he means uh, apart from online? Digit- I know, but digitally. Yeah, it's just annoying. It's not. It make, that makes sense to me. Okay, right. So well, I'm, not to I'm me. halfway there, so right. maybe I'm to blame. Um, but I've, I've, it's not just my son, right? A friend of ours, Nicola, she's an adult. We went to centre parks, not just me and her, uh, with the kids and everyone, right? There was glowworms there, and I've never seen glowworms. I thought they were yeah. like a thing from cartoons or something, yeah. right? But they look like little bugs with an LED on the back of them. Right, it's yeah. really weird, right? Green LED. We were looking at one, and me and her were both going, oh my God, it's amazing. She goes to me, it's amazing. Zoom in. Like we're outside looking at a bug. <laughs> what? She was she t- directing she said, your eyeballs she was to focus more. At- yeah, as if a. Why was I in control of it? <laughs> yeah. And b. You're outdoors at centre parks looking at an insect. That's so alarming. So my concern now. Well, yeah, I'm not overly concerned, but I think we're over reliant on technology. We're probably yeah. becoming cyborgs. Right. Right. Okay. That's quite a big. I can't statement. go to the toilet without my phone. Right. Right. Not physically. Like to take a picture? <laughs> what you produce? I, I use it as a lever. Rip, rip. <laughs> this is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Technology's taken over really, Matt, isn't it? It has. And it's a worry. It's a real worry. Here's an example from Michelle Arbuckle. Thanks for this, Michelle. My two and a half year old thinks the TV is a big tablet. It's quite a common one, this, isn't it? It's common. It doesn't help that when I pull up YouTube on the telly, I use the remote to move the videos and select the ones he wants to watch as he swipes and taps. So she's an enabler. Yeah. <laughs> she's confusing the child. <laughs> She's enforcing the behaviour there. Don't but you like, worry yeah, about no, my, my TV at home is covered in little fingerprints. <laughs> Yours? Yes. <laughs> um, what's this? Oh, yeah, Scott Davis here says that young boys will no longer know the joy of finding adult magazines in a bush. Art pamphlets. I mean, he's gone another way with it. He has, yes. 
But yes, technology might have made that habit redundant for um, anybody who's of our vintage. <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably, yeah, it's never going to happen again, is it? Who are those people in the woods? I can't believe those magazines still sell because who's buying them? Well, an, an ageing readership, Matthew. An ageing readership. Omitted readership. Here's one, here's one. Tom in London. I work at a car garage and a 17-year-old lad came in with a problem with his 1997 Vauxhall Corsa. The in-car iPhone charger wasn't working. So we booked it in to investigate. We couldn't find the in-car charger, so phoned the customer. Turns out, after phoning him, he was trying to push the iPhone into the cassette player. <laughs> when we explained it was a cassette player, he replied simply, What's a cassette? What's a cassette, mate? What's a cassette? Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Whilst house hunting, my fiance and I were walking around the street looking for a particular house. As we couldn't find it, and we're close to giving up, she says, look in Google Street View, as if Street View would be more effective than the real world view. Yeah, but I think we've, we trust apps and yeah. use them so much, more than we do like looking around. We think, well, you know, I'll Google that. Or, yeah. like, when I do, when I'm driving somewhere, I could literally have like checked before I leave, like yeah. an old-fashioned dad, and gone, right, it's M25, A21, you know, whatever, get the three names of the roads. AA route planner, print yeah. it out. Easy, right? Or just even look at a map or just yeah, sort of, yeah. But I think sat-nav makes you so dependent on it. Massively. You stop looking at the road, stop yeah. reading signs. That going to sound like a really old man when I tell you this one, right? When I qualified as a journalist, I used to go to the local petrol station and buy the local map. So if you're a little town somewhere in Scotland, you wouldn't have any way of using the internet. I don't have a mobile phone. You're chasing a story. You're chasing a story. If you had to find somebody... Go buying an OS map. Yeah, you had to buy a map. And yeah, mark quick. things on it. I'm going to start here. <laughs> by the old mill. Correct. <laughs> I think there's a story about that, but we'll do it another time. But yeah, it, it was proof that, you know, so I had no mobile phone. Right. I had no email. I had no uh, internet to use. So how do you find somebody? There was no electoral role online, so you had to go to a library or you had to find a, a birth certificate or a marriage certificate. Phone hacking? Ah, just you pack that in, son. <laughs> I welcome you back here with open arms. <laughs> you throw that at me. Cried. Huh? Do you want to give us one? Shall I, shall I read yeah, these? You have one of these, yeah. Yes. Just wallowing in your great joke. Um, uh, <laughs> when people stop you for directions and you give them incorrect directions, send them to the back of beyond. Now, Google Maps, damn you. Yes. Got from Wolverhampton. So you can't do the wind up anymore when somebody stops a car and says, Excuse me, can you give me directions? I've never done that. Have you never done that? No. I used to have Once the these people asked for directions, they yeah. were French, and I was in Dartford <laughs> and they were asking where Dover was, right? Like, I know exactly. So, oh you, oh, but I know the main road to get there is the A2. Yeah. And I started to draw them a map, and then halfway through drawing the map, realised I don't know how to draw this map. <laughs> so I simply turned that road that I was drawing into yeah. a, the the pole of a street sign. So I drew a street sign with the letters A with the road name yeah, A2 on it. That's quite good. And I sort of showed them that. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. Imagine the horror of the lovely French couple as they found themselves in Dartford. Drawing a map. He's drawn a, no, he's drawn a sign. <laughs> was, that when, was that when you were your eight-year-old boy? Hello, Mr and Mrs. Yeah, from France. Uh, I'm going to bring those tapes in. Keep sending them in. 83936 and at Radio X. We'd love to know all about you. We'll have one more? We'll have one more. Okay, yeah, we're currently having work done in the garden. I checked the progress on live CCTV from my desk at work to find the builders on a tea break again. I found myself trying to skip real time on the CCTV like it was a YouTube video to see that af after the tea break. It's mad, yeah. that, isn't it? I've got an app on my phone that I can watch what's happening at the house in Scotland from here. Really? But yeah, you it does. Know that? If you have any vulnerability, that can be a bit... Oh, you mean watching. outside? You can see the... Well, yeah, cameras outside. I like there. that doorbell thing you can get now. Ringo. So you can, yeah, so you can... I'm just in the shower. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. 
thing is, my, my mate, little Martin from Line of Duty, he just keeps getting videos in the morning of himself getting home at four in the morning. But he's like, <laughs> it films himself like, can he can't put the key in the door or use his Oyster card, whatever he's doing. <laughs> Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Mike James from Ashford and Kent says, I once tried to take a screenshot of the rain that was <laughs> splashing on my screen while I was walking along. Oh, I, said, I once had this app. It was well, actually the kids were playing this game yeah. on my phone, and Katie saw me do it. And it was, to my eternal shame, I was like, "You put your finger in the, on the colour you want, and then yeah. you draw." Yeah. And it just wasn't working. And I looked at my fingertip as if like, <laughs> "Where's the red paint?" <laughs> like, and uh, she saw me out of the corner of her eye, and she went, "I just saw you do that." Yeah, I've seen, I've seen a similar one. I think you might have mentioned it. I saw Kate check the weather app for what the weather's like outside. Yeah. And I'm like, just, just have a look out the window. How about do that. Try old, an old fashioned trust. You, you're more likely to trust the app than real life. In your own eyes. I knew I was spending too much time on a computer when I dropped my pen and looked around for the undo button. <laughs> that is amazing. Shortly afterwards, I quit my job in VFX and went back to college to study ceramics. Kate in Hertfordshire. Thank you very much, Kate. I've, That's so yeah, true. I've done that while writing with a pen. Yeah. And you think, like, delete. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Cross out. <laughs> yeah. Where is the button? This is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Just being told by the producers, two of them, I don't know what a collective noun of producers is, uh, that my inane chat isn't good enough and we need to go straight into a story from Matt Morgan. <laughs> Just, it's been, this week's been great for my confidence, Matt. This, <laughs> this is slightly more structured in inane chat, though. Okay, I mean, right. You know. Um, now, I saw this thing on Twitter, right? Hawksmoor, Manchester, right? Hawksmoor's a good restaurant, yeah. isn't it? Meat. All over the place. All about the meats. Meat. Uh, they tweeted, to the customer who accidentally got given a bottle of Chateau Le Pain Pomeral, I think that's how you say it, 2001. <laughs> Monge 2. 2001, I was thinking, that's not very old wine, but actually, it is. an 18-year-old yeah, wine. Can, can uh, which is £4,500 on, on our menu last night. So they accidentally gave oh. away a £4,500 bottle of wine. Hope you enjoyed your evening. To the member of staff who accidentally gave it away, chin up. One-off mistakes happen and we love you anyway. Ah, right? oh, fair play. But, right. Is it true? <laughs> the cynic in me. I mean, they've obviously, they've just lost four and a half grand. Right? Yeah. Or whatever. Um, and then they've thought, let's, that's, like, that's good PR, isn't it? Yeah. So their Twitter person has yeah. thought, right, let's not look like, if they were on Twitter going, right, whoever did this is going to be fired, then it really backfires. <laughs> backfires, they lose yeah. more money, right? So, I mean, it's, uh, that's interesting, isn't so it? So many questions. I want to know if the couple who got it were aware that's what I think. that it was four I grand. You, right, so apparently they bought, a bo they actually wanted or ordered a yeah. £260 bottle of wine. Still a punchy I mean, bottle of wine. Once now. it's up to £14, I start to think <laughs> this is a bit much, right? Did you order the second one from the bottom, Matt? Sorry, yes, yes. always the second one from the bottom. Yeah. Yes, yeah. not the house. <laughs> I was turn my nose up at that. Oh dear, I'm not an animal. I'll have the £14 bottle, please. <laughs> but right, so they were going for £260 yeah. bottle of wine. They actually reordered, so they had this £4,500 bottle of wine, yeah. and they reordered it. They went, oh, let's have another one of them, right? So obviously it was good, but they, did they didn't have any more left. That's probably when yeah. they realised, hang on. They've, you know, realised what they've been drinking, right? But I think those, if you've spent £260 on wine, you're going to think this tastes amazing, aren't Yeah, of course you are. Right? Yeah, of course you are. You talk I so. De I definitely don't think they oh, were like, good. God, two thousand, this is brilliant for 260 yeah. quid. I got this, this tastes more like 4,500. <laughs> what is the difference between 260 quid and 4,000 pounds when it comes to wine? Yeah, I'd like to try 
<laughs> a wine that is that expensive. And I honestly don't think it would be People any better than Casalero del Diablo. Do you remember the last time you were on, um, I told a little story about something that happened in Tesco's. And it was somebody on Twitter said, uh, that never happened. There's a special Twitter oh, handle for that. No, but it's, do you think it's true? That's the other side of it. Yes, I do. It's what proof is there? What, do you think they might have just made it up and that really it's just a PR stunt it's to make It's not beyond the realms nice. of possibility, right? So a couple buy a bottle of wine for 260 quid and then accidentally get one for £4,000. Mm. I didn't realise you could even get a bottle of red wine in Hawksmoor for four grand. No, and we've no. given them three mentions, so they've now had the equivalent advertising value of that bottle of wine. But also, like, if you are a staff member there, right, that's a huge problem, isn't it? That's a massive like, problem. That, that's yeah. a big yeah. screw-up, let's yeah. call it. yeah. Like, they have been so reasonable about that. You can't run a business yeah. like that. I've made a mistake. Hey, don't worry, guys. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Just give them the big champagne bottle in the window. If, if that waiter is listening, I can make you feel better in the knowledge that I made a couple of mistakes in newspapers that were a lot more expensive than that. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. The most expensive mistakes you've ever made. We've had loads. Go on, Matt. This, this is, I mean, this is just... Oh, this pains me. In late 2009, I had several hundred bitcoins, which were worth nothing at the time. I gave away the computer they were stored on at the height of the bitcoin boom, where I had lost close to £900,000. Makes me sick thinking about it. There's no name there. Jeez. So ashamed. That is brutal. I thought bitcoins, You, if you, if when you pay for them, you get a code. Mm. Like, he could still have... I mean, they're out there somewhere. That's worth looking for, isn't it? Yeah. It's worth worth a million pounds, pretty much. Spend some money on a detective to go and find that if you're going to get 900 grand. I'm breaking into the person's house. No, I wouldn't. This one is actually the the most damaging financially out of any of the ones we've had so far, if it is true. I think think so. More than the Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, way more than the Bitcoin. My dad once shut down the North Sea oil field because he turned off the wrong bit of kit. (laughs) How about that for an expensive mistake? Yeah, but how long for? I reckon Bitcoin's winning. Honestly, this is pretty bad. Listen to this. I was once bidding on eBay for a rare comic. Sad, I know. But I wanted to win, so I went for a significantly higher bid thinking that would do it. Logged off, went to bed. Got my mail in the morning saying I'd won and logged on to pay and realised where I thought I'd bid £100, I'd bid ten grand. The seller refused to accept it was an error and it took nine weeks to get it overturned and cost me £440 in fees. Oh, That's easy to do, isn't it? Easy to do that, I think. But, yeah. Accidentally forget to put, or you think you've pressed the the full point. Decimal point. Oh, this is good. When Liverpool won the Champions League final from being 3 0 down, I shouted to the barmaid, Give me that massive bottle of champagne at the back of the bar. <laughs> this is going wrong, isn't it? Before she had a chance to tell me the cost, I opened it, started spraying it over myself and my friends to celebrate. It was £517. Oh. <laughs> I had to borrow money from my friends to pay for it. It's from Dwayne and Links. Thank you, Dwayne. That's, that's kind of nonsense I would do. Yeah, that's um, Sam Howlett here. This is pretty shameful. Uh, My most expensive mistake is still costing me. I decided to sponsor a child in Sierra Leone, but misheard misheard the monthly cost as £2.60 instead of the actual £26.50. I thought it would be poor form to turn them down after I'd (laughs) shown such initial enthusiasm. Yeah, it's an embarrassing letter to write, isn't it? Um, You know what the child have sponsored uh, for £26.50 a month? That's too expensive, actually. I I want to back out of that. To the tune of £2.60. 
I don't care that much. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Last night, I uh, because we've got this life back, because we do a different shift rather than the 7 till 10 thing, I went right. for a run when I got home last night, which was lovely, a beautiful night in London. The weather was great. Ran along the canal, up past uh, Lord's Cricket Ground, all that. Ran all the way back. And it was a bit of a mess when I got back, so it'd been a while since I'd run. And as I was turning the corner to where my flat is, there was a couple of a certain age, I would say probably 60s, maybe even late 60s, right. who, it's fair to say, had had a right good go at the drinking. Like, a, an all, I'd say an all-day session. What were they wearing? Like, what sort of... So he had jeans on that could have been from 1987 and probably hadn't been... Like, they were good worn-in jeans, you know? Right. It had, uh, looked like what I would describe as a free T-shirt from the pub, you know, like Bell Haven best written on it or something like yeah. that. And his... Uh, well, I'd imagine maybe it was his girlfriend, his wife or his partner was wearing exactly the same. Pretty wow. much exactly the same. Right. And they were having a right old go at each other. Like a really, really horrific go at each other. And I kind of ran past and I thought, I'm going to have to intervene here because that's not good. So I came back and I just spoke to them like children. Just like really kind of swore as well. I can't do that on the radio. But I was well, like, so hang on, were they, was it sort of like borderline violence? Yeah, he was, he, I think she was about to go for him, but I think he was going to get there first. So I just went full Scotland. I went, right, you, come, you two, come here, you. <laughs> and I was sweating. Like I was dripping with sweat. And they just both looked at me and in sync, like beautiful synchronization said, go away, in another word, yeah. you sweaty sock. <laughs> sweaty sock. And you can't really come back to that. And I just laughed. I was like, yeah, fine, no problem. Leave you to it then. Cheerio. But you uh, united them again. I united them in I've their hatred in. of Scotland. <laughs> I've stepped in in similar situations. It's the worst thing you can do. When it looks like there's a couple arguing yeah. and it looks like the man's gonna hit her like, yeah you know and then you say something and the and the woman kicks off at you yeah yeah it's been more than once in my life yeah it's, it's, i think it's the right thing to do i still stand still by that. Do it. i did yeah. it on the tube at christmas as well a, a woman had come on dressed for what must have been a christmas party and two lads had clearly either said something or touched her and she sitting opposite me she started crying and i was like i'm not having that so i said i just turned around without thinking about it and just went lads Lads, you need to apologise for this. And they both turned around and they were giant sort of, I don't know, maybe sort of Georgian, Russian, Eastern European, big lads. Mm -hmm. One of them in a vest in December. And he just turned around and looked at me. You sweaty sock. (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately, the tube stop arrived. They got off and I was like, yeah, had a word with them, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, everyone hiding in their books. It's like the idea of you some sort of caped crusader jogging around London all sweaty. <laughs> yeah. You! Stop it! Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Just talking about being away for the weekend up in the Highlands, right? I had the lads up there on this Speyside whiskey carry-on, right? So it was pretty much 48 hours of just pouring whiskey into yourself. But it's been, I can't complain about it because the last two weekends have been incredible. I had that one in the weekend before I went to Portugal. But the problem is, both weekends, I went with proper alpha male characters, right? So I've come back feeling a little bit delicate and a little bit sensitive. So the weekend before was your man, Jamie Dornan, right. <laughs> yeah, who's a very handsome bloke. And then this weekend, it was 12 lads, ex-special forces. So I came back yesterday feeling a little bit fragile. Did they not do little pranks on you? Weren't you sort of like... Can you imagine them like setting light to your hanky and stuff? Because <laughs> obviously you'd have a little hanky okay. in your top pocket. You do laugh at my little hanky, don't you? <laughs> Tell you what, you know you've had a good weekend when you come back and your top button doesn't go in. So we're on about half a stone as well. I know. But the weirdest thing though, about coming back after those two weeks, because I haven't seen my kids a great deal, is my little boy, he's nine, and he's just turned into a teenager. 
<laughs> How's that happened when I was away? But you, you You've do, been away. Uh, well, He's become the man of the house. It's amazing <laughs> how it happened so quickly. And I came back and he was walking around being sort of a little bit like Kevin the Teenager, the Harry Enfield yeah. character, you know? Well, my kids do that now. Do they? Winter's three. Yeah. And we call her a three-nager. It's a thing. <laughs> Is it? And she's got the attitude of like a 16-year-old yeah. girl slamming bedroom doors like madness. You've got trouble ahead there. I know. Winter's <laughs> an absolute handful. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, yeah. she's nuts. Yeah, I'll get her on. I noticed a picture of you attempting to do her hair properly. Yeah, that was hard. So my wife went away for what she called five days, but <laughs> with a travel day either side, it was actually easily a week. <laughs> and with the sort of... So I had to yeah. do all the school run, everything, obviously, doing like packed lunches, everything. Yeah. But the, the one thing that was really hard was doing Winter's hair, which I... Must I thought I'd done? I thought like, oh, that's easy, and because I used to have long hair, I can get. I used to be able to get my hair in a ponytail. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard because it's like fine little kid hair, <laughs> and if yeah. she doesn't have her hair done, she looks like someone who lives up a chimney or something. It's awful, right? So she's got like sort of a yeah. weird like mullet where yeah. it hasn't all grown in, grown in. So like, she needs her hair done, but trying to get two pigtails and then put a clip in and then that one that I took a photo of was the worst like that was like my yeah. first attempt and she was like I love it <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to change it so I had to take her to school and the uh, yeah. yeah the the people I was going to say carers three <laughs> school teachers yeah. just looked at her with sort of sadness when and when Katie that. comes back after that week you look like a total mess the kids are fine you know well fed looked after and you're just broken no I was alright actually because I had structure for once oh did you really I lacked structure in my normal life because I'd just get up whenever <laughs> but I had to get up you know i just become like a sort of uh, yeah Sandra Bullock character in a movie where my husband's <laughs> left me <and laughs> just doing everything Radio X Gordon Smart Matt Morgan you're probably fun dad I would say I am fun, but I, there's got to be rules. Yeah, lots Otherwise, of... it just slips. Like, Katie put up, like, idiot boards in the kitchen, <laughs> stuck to the cupboards, like, yeah. time. Like, everything has to happen. And I stuck to, like, bath time, bed to everything. I yeah. stuck to it more or less. Like, it was 20 minutes leeway. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if I hadn't had that, I would have just sort of gone, you know, time would just... Gone like, feral. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's good to the but they, they like structure, kids. They don't yeah. realise it, but they do. But, no, it's funny because Katie went to Miami. And so for weeks, she was like, oh, when I go to Miami, when I go to Miami. Yeah, yeah. And the kids couldn't get their head round. Miami was a place. Instead of, like, they were going, when's mummy going to her Amy? Like, no, it's Miami. So when she was away, I had these oh, my insane Amy. conversations. Yeah. yeah. And um, Winter said... Why couldn't Daddy just go to his Emmy at one point? Yeah, they couldn't get it. Even to, when she came home, they were still like, yeah. "How was your Emmy?" It's like, yeah, she is listening today, isn't she? Hello, Winter. Yes, she. Uh, I, after I was slagging her off for being a handful, she went up to the radio and said, "Daddy, I love you." So, well, Matt, there's some camaraderie for you here. Ryan in Manchester sent a message. It says, "I'm a single dad. My daughter was four when we split for the first year. She looked like Ken Dodd every time she stayed with me, but now I can do plats and everything." Thank you, YouTube. Cheers for that, Ryan. Though, Ryan, can you? Yeah. Don't <laughs> be a nitpicker, of, but what kind of plats? Plats? No, look, you spelled it wrong. All oh, right, <laughs> it, hasn't it? Oh, like you've got a comedy writer in here. Being, Pull do you give your line. kids a hard time about their grammar? <laughs> um, yeah, I do actually. Good. Yes. Yeah. But they're pretty good. Well, Winter can't write anything, obviously. But um, Cohen's pretty good. He's when, yeah. When Katie came back, what was the, the? Did she do like a little sort of CSI Katie like check the house? 
No, because I cleaned up, but I did. Uh, I was like, would be, it was counting down the minutes, and I was like, <laughs> handing back care to the not not back. Like I'm still, I'm not like leaving, but I was like, this is going to be like the yeah. equivalent of a mic drop. It's yeah, going to yeah. be like in mid sentence, mid feeding a child. Just <laughs> right, she's back from her Emmy. Radio X. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Hey Matthew, what do you see? Makes me laugh every time Carol Fialka appears on Radio X. Come on then, Matthew. I see people cheating at step counting trackers. No, you don't. I do. I see it. Is this true? People cheat. Yeah, you know, like when people go, "Oh, God, get me step count up." Oh, <laughs> I that, do that. that thing. Yeah, <laughs> like people like you who use too many apps to measure every aspect of your life. Correct. Right including your private parts. <laughs> um, uh, some fitness tracker users have come up with a clever hack to cheat the system to make mm. your app think you've done more walking than you actually have, right? So there is a, a product which rocks your phone in an electronic cradle mm. to make your phone think that it's walking, no. right? Now, you think, well, what is the point of that? That's really stupid. But actually, in I mean, they do it here now, but this is from China, right? You get lowered insurance premiums. I pay for it. I've got it. You've got it. I'm just thinking, where did you buy this thing? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's true. Like if I, if I walk a certain distance every day, I get a certain number of points. And at the end of the year, if I reach a certain amount, I get a big rebate for being healthy. And it's a it's really, really good amount of money. I well. honestly think that like, some, this is a good business idea, right? right? You pick up a load of people's phones in a big sack. Then yep. you go jogging. Right, ah, see. and then you hand them all back, like dog walking, but you do it for yeah, for steps. Like, and then the, everyone's insurance premiums go down. Right, yeah. I mean, where's it where's it going to end? Because I've heard the heard the theory before that you attach your iWatch to the leg of a dog, for instance. Right, and just let your dog run around and go mental. But if I did that with my dog, I'd walk about four million miles a day. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's. Uh, yeah, you can. There's people are putting them on kids. Yeah. Just put them. Send it to school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, tape to your kids' back or something. Put it on a ceiling fan. I'm not sure how that works. Whoa. That I see how. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what because the sensor must. It must just be sort of like a Wii sensor. You know, like a sort of just the repetitive yeah. motion must set it off. Yeah, right. mine's quite set. It knows no what you're sticker. doing. <laughs> Freddie Flintoff got in trouble for that, didn't he? Did he? What? He said he used to wear it to using bedroom Olympics, and uh, well, he was measuring his heart rate. Steps. Yeah, does it? Does it? <laughs> We're heading down a really dangerous rabbit hole. I think what will happen next is you'll get the step counter, and if it doesn't tally up with what your heart rate's doing, yeah. So then you've got to. But if you're so if it's rocking on your um, computer, then you've got to also get your heart rate up to match it, and then it's just too much. Yeah. So you might as well go for a walk. It just occurred to me, it's probably some form of fraud, isn't it? If you yeah. so be careful if you're thinking about buying one of these products from China that Matt Morgan just told us. This. About. <laughs> do not endorse this. Radio X, Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Got this thing recently when I went on holiday, where it measured everywhere I'd been on skiing, right? So how fast I'd gone, all the rest of it. I was spending far too much time just looking at where I'd already... I'd been there. I knew what happened. Yeah. But I when I go mountain it. biking, I need every... Like, it tells me elevation, yeah. tells me everything. Yeah. When you think back, like, 15 years ago, people just used to go, I've done an hour. So, exactly. So, here's a question, yeah. right? Have you ever downloaded the sleep apps? No. So but what, I was tempted by the one that records if you speak in your... That one. <laughs> yes, you done, I did that. Yeah, right. I did that. And then it just leads to a world of trouble, Matt Morgan. What do you shout out? Well, it's not so much what you shout Get out. off me! <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, don't! No, Fuck it's, it, no. It's, this, it's the uh, other noises that occur during the night. Farting. Well, that's one of them, yeah. yeah. 
So it's um, what you, other ones? <laughs> we'll talk about it in a minute. Is that one of them? That is one of them. <laughs> Bleated. I, I'll play some of them to you in a minute because my kids were going through all the voice memos having a laugh because we'd recorded them talking when they were like two or three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it sounds ridiculous because my little boy had like this London accent. What, Dad, can I have a cake? And now he's like, wee Jimmy, or what, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was laughing at his own accent. And then he's like, what's this one? <laughs> this is Radio X. Good and smart, Matt Morgan. Champagne Supernova on Radio X. Classic Oasis for a Thursday afternoon. Matt Morgan and Gordon Smart were standing in for Johnny Vaughan. Matt, you're knocking around with Noel a lot. Could you imagine kicking about with a little menace from Little Venice in 1996? No, it'd be very different, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't think you'd have survived. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, like, that would have been crazy days. Well, where are you doing in 1996? Well, I was uh, 19, so I'd just started university. Jesters of Malice were at their peak? Oh, they would uh, crashed and burned. They'd gone. I'd moved on. <laughs> I was gone. doing art at university. Do you ever get, does no tell you many good stories from back in the day when you get, get a chance to blather time about it? Yeah, but he's, he does admit that there's huge periods of time that he can't remember. He can't remember it at all. Blacked I out. Love that story that he tells about right in the middle of it, 1996, at um, Supernova Heights, his house. So there was nothing in the fridge other than champagne. Nobody drank anything other than champagne. And Liam was round, and when you've opened the bottle and it's not quite finished, you put a fork in it just to keep the bubbles fresh. And this was just amazing to Liam. And then Noel went round to Liam's house about a week later, and he had... Forks in the milk, yeah. forks in the orange juice. <laughs> I, I mean, that is funny, but how does that work? Because that can't have any just, scientific... Well, it's one of those things. It's advice somebody's given you once that you follow along with without actually questioning it, like really bad rock star advice. Yeah, yeah. I once interviewed Ozzy Osbourne when I was horribly, horribly jet-lagged, like really could barely keep my eyes open. So I kept apologising to him because I just felt so grim. And he said, well, you know what you need to do for jet-lagged? And I said, what's that? And he said, uh, put brown paper in your shoes. I said, what? <laughs> he went, I'm telling you, man. Put brown. So I went and bought brown paper, put them in my shoes. Oh. Yep. Didn't see him for about six weeks. And I was like, that brown paper ever worked? He went, idiot. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. That song sends shivers down my spine every time I hear it. That Unbelievable. Song, yeah, it has. It just takes me back yeah. to, like, more than any other song. Yeah. I remember we used to go to a pop scene at London Astoria 2, LA2, which doesn't exist anymore, sadly, on Charing Cross Road. So we'd come up from Dartford, go there to this club called Pop Scene, which was, like, indie. Yeah. Indie. So whatever, when was Train Spy? 96 it came out. 96. So I was 19. And I remember I had a shaved head and I, I was trying to look a bit like Renton, probably. But <laughs> that song, at first I yeah. thought it was, when I first heard it, I thought it was Damon, Albarn, yeah. Blur. Yeah. I was just like, what is this? You know, those lyrics were done, that, that vocal was done in one take. Just yeah. went into the vocal booth and said whatever came out of his head. Because there's a mad line in it about Romford, isn't there? Going back and I to think Romford. Going yeah. back, because they were recording that in Romford. Right, right. Going back to Romford. Just saying what came into his head. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Underworld and Born Slippy taking us right back. Gordon Smart and Matt Morgan, we are in for Johnny Vaughan. Thinking of that song, it reminds me of 1997, borrowing my brother's passport and going to Century 2000 on Lothian Road in Edinburgh. And I remember the doorman, who I then later got to know, a guy called Anton, 
just looking at this picture of this guy with glasses and looking at me who had no glasses and looked about five years old and just going, in you go, son. Who brings a passport to a club <laughs> who's who's not? Youthful looking people like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I got in and I just remember dancing really, really badly to that song, really badly to it. And I remember a girl said to me on the way to the toilets, what are you wearing? <laughs> this is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? Hey, Matthew, the A-team. What have you seen that you want to talk about? Another thing that I've seen was a uh, it was an argument on Twitter. Right. I don't know how it started or where it started or whatever, <laughs> but there was a debate. Do you wash your legs in the shower? Oh, that's good. Right? That is really good. I'm going to just go out on a limb here. Yeah. No pun intended. Uh, I don't. You don't wash your legs? I don't. Well, what? Would you just let little bits of suds trickle down your legs? I mean, when I went mountain biking at the weekend, I had mud and... Yeah. blood on my legs frankly yeah. I used those like exfoliating gloves I've got a pair of Mickey what? Mouse gloves have you oh, really yeah oh mate they, they're lovely oh so you've got to introduce me to that I've never even oh, what are so they so nice they're sort of they're exfoliating gloves they're little white gloves that are like scratchy <laughs> and you clean yourself with them right <laughs> hang on let, let's not go down let's not go down sorry sorry okay. this is about me yes. not cleaning my legs but I did at the weekend when there's mud on them okay. but generally a shower hair all the you know the obvious places right the, you don't need to clean your legs unless yeah. something's happened to them because the water's going down there anyway. So you, right, let's, let's just get, without sounding too specific about this, where is the tide mark? Where is the, where do you draw the line? Draw the line. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, the genitals. <laughs> Frankly. Right, so you don't go halfway down the thigh because that's as far as your arm sort of leads. I, I mean, I'm like, I believe that we're not meant to scrub off the natural oils and coating of our skin too much anyway. Right. right? Okay. I think people like use these chemical shower gels, they scrub away everything, they clean every bit of, um, like your beard needs, yeah. you know, people put beard oil on, right? Because mm-hmm. we're stripping away. Why do we like condition our hair? Right. Because we've stripped away all the natural. Oils. Hold up, well, you've just told me you were wearing a Mickey Mouse exfoliating gloves. Yeah. So the one, that's, that's scrubbing ex- it off, is that, is it? Well, no, I do that sometimes, but I did that when I had muddy legs. So let me ask you this, Matt Morgan. Let you me, wash your, so you're basically saying you do wash I do, your yeah, legs. yeah. I have a, a bend right over from the hip, and I go right. down to the ankle and get in between the toes. With what, though? Just your hands? With no, suds. On. Get the suds in, yeah. So you like clean the feet. your legs? You've got to clean your feet properly. You're not cleaning your feet in the shower. They're getting clean. They're on the. They're at the bottom. No. Why is everyone looking at me like I'm an animal? This is this is a great moment. So let me spin you around 180 degrees. Yeah. So you're just washing to the the buttock, then not not further down the thigh, um, the hamstring. Yeah. No, it's like sort of as I stand where I can reach. <laughs> right. Okay. Right, so just towards okay. the knee, maybe gets a little. It's all about the the sort of upper half of your body. But it? what about the area where your sock may spread up your leg? You know, you know that that might be slightly Wait, clammy. Sock may spread up your leg. Yeah. <laughs> so you, I, I know you wear a sock, a thick sock. So do you not give that, give that a little bit of a wash? You mean where the, like on the ankle where yeah, the sock goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's getting wet. All the water's going past that. It's merely washing over you though. It's not cleaning you, is it? You see, my brother, right? He's a dentist, and yeah. he had a lecturer at university in Dundee who was such a germaphobe, he would eat a sandwich to the bottom corner where he held it with his index finger and thumb and then would put that part in the bin because he wouldn't come in contact with the part of the food that had been touched by the human hand because of germs. God. And that's quite a hard way to live your life. But you, Matt, are sailing close to the wind, my friend. I would like, right? <laughs> I would like a scientist to come here with a little swab and a Petri dish. Yeah, swab my leg and your leg. <laughs> and I don't think there'll be much more bacteria on mine than yours. E. coli boy over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart.
Matt Morgan. We're asking about that um, shower dilemma. This is so local radio, but you know what? It's got a great response, Matt. Do you wash your legs in the shower? And we've had a big response. Uh, <laughs> Matt, this is what Come you signed up for. <laughs> We're on Wednesday and that's where we've reached. Oh man, we've got 10 days to go. Legs don't sweat, so no need to be washed. I've never washed mine in the shower. They have to wait until I have a bath from the mobile number. And that nine. is not true medically, is it? Legs don't sweat is not... Yeah. I mean, I'm glad he's on my side, but I wouldn't. I haven't ventured to say that. <laughs> um, Noel Gallagher once told me that he went to the doctors mm-hmm. in a paranoid state because he had one sweaty leg. <laughs> Promise you, he, he's a bigger he, hypochondriac than you, isn't he? He is pretty bad. He is. I think he's all right him, now, but he, like, obviously, when he was maybe uh, partaking in things that might make you paranoid. Yes. He um, and also being, you know, having money, you probably got private doctors. So of course, you Probably cost him 500 quid that's way. Yeah, they make stuff up just to get you paranoid. I remember he once asked for a second opinion on something because, but I can't talk about that. But you know what I mean? It's yeah. there is a, a, a very wealthy medical paranoia. Yeah, got a lot to that. live for, right? Yeah. Enough. Um, what about this one? I've heard that people share this attitude with not cleaning the feet. You got to wash your feet properly 10 to 12 hours a day inside a sock or a shoe. It's dirty, man, says Stephen Essex. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, Steve, but they this you're stood in the shower, gravity. Um, Paula in Warrington now this is absolute quality Matt do you at least rub one foot up and down your other leg when showering oh, yes yeah. yeah see a little yes yeah, so actually I do wash my legs because see? one foot kindly washes one leg and then his brother foot washes his leg so do you do it with your feet though with your little tootsies in between yeah I mean basically showering for me is a sort of uh, bubbly formality <laughs> And it's sort of like, I can say I've had a shower today. That's what I'm doing it. Matt's bang on. I never wash my legs. I only do my arms if I'm treating myself. That's Joe and Bradford. That's brilliant, Joe. Yeah. I mean, do you scrub your body or do you just... Like, if shower gels touched your arms, I just think, well, they're clean. Well, my attitude to it is that every part of the visible surface area should be given a good scrub. And then everything underneath as well. You should cover every inch of your body with a look as far as you can get, obviously. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, where can you not reach? In the middle of my back. I can't, I've not got those bendy shoulders that can uh, get right, me right. Yeah. You know, I can't do that thing yeah. with touch your toes. So you've got some muddy little part of your back that stinks. Yeah, mushrooms have grown out of it. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely right. Do you see sheep with an exfoliating glove when they go through sheep dip? No. Matt wins from Andy and Anglesey. <laughs> well, the logic there is slightly flawed, but it seems on my side. I'll support it. Well, the sheep island. There's Anglesey. Anglesey is uh, North Wales, isn't it? The island Wales. Of, yeah. Mm. I still. <laughs> 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 Ray D.